All right. So thanks, everybody, uh, first of all, for sitting through these, because I know it's a, a lot of information to absorb, but um, I'm, I'm hopeful that it was helping you progress through your remodel project or at least give you a little bit of uh, uh, pause and, and awareness of the, the complexity of a, of a remodel project, especially a large-scale one, and a lot of it hinges on your decisions and wise decisions on your part. So I'm, I'm hoping that this series of videos helps you uh, have a successful remodel project. That's the whole goal. So just to recap what we talked about, we talked about hiring a contractor and some pre-planning that you need to do on your end, right? The, the big one is that relationship between you and the, a good contractor, one who understands what your goals are, thinks like you think, has the same philosophies, etc. That's that's a good pairing, and you need that that relationship to, to start well, and hopefully it'll end well. But um, if there's any concern on the front end, move on to the next choice. So there's obviously ways you can check uh, contractors before you hire them. There's the internet, obviously, and Yelp and Google and everything in between. Um, but I found that the best references were from family and friends that were giving you unbiased, honest opinions, right, of, of the contractors that they worked with and for, et cetera. So that's, that's a good clue as to who you're going to work with. Another just kind of a caveat is if you're going to hire anybody to be your green contractor or your super energy efficient contractor or one who will meet a green rated program uh, with no problem and they don't have any knowledge of that ahead of time or some track record or history of that, uh, that's a concern. There's a separation there in, in philosophy and technique. So be aware of that. But if it's just your baseline good remodeling contractor, there's plenty of them out there. Uh, check the reviews. Talk to people. Look at some past projects if you can. Talk to those homeowners if you can. It's tricky to do and sometimes works and doesn't work. But at least you're getting honest feedback. And I like to, to work with contractors who've had good, bad, and ugly jobs because not everyone is perfect. And if they can explain their way out of whatever a bad job, you kind of you understand why it's been a bad job. Uh, another module, we talked about hiring architects and home designers to help you with your, your remodel projects. They have their place for sure. They, they're great at uh, the artistic side of the business, I would say, the creative side. Not that builders aren't or have those skill sets too, but typically, and I'm just saying from my point of view, typically architects lend their creativity, their eye, their, their understanding of color, choice, depth, texture, form, all of those things, that's their basket of skill sets. I, as a builder, would would specialize in the engineering, the durability, the structure, the the comfort, the whatever, the enjoyment of the space. So two different two different skill sets. Sometimes you can blend it in one company. Design build firms do that. It might be the same person, or it could be two different people down the hallways from one another. Um, but architects and home designers, both equally qualified, and then a design build firm. Uh, our choices in that design side of your remodel and bring as much to the table as you can in those discussions with those people so that so that they're not pushing you towards one design choice or another or one style choice or one color you're kind of bringing that to the table too 
and have good, honest discussions about it. Some are a little more delicate than others, but um, you need to have those discussions, obviously. Um, we talked a little bit about building codes and regulations and program requirements. Um, just know that that's just a layer of the cake, right? That you can't, you can't avoid if you're pulling a permit in your, in your jurisdiction, you're going to have to adhere to some regulation or code book. What, excuse me, what year or cycle that code is in at that particular time is totally out of your control. Um, your builder, your remodeler is going to walk those plans into a building department and get them approved or not approved based on the code that's in place at that time. And you'll be tied to that code through the duration of the project. So just understand your architect will definitely understand that and your builder should understand that as well, that there will be certain requirements on top of every aesthetic decision you make uh, that the building department or the building code is going to tell you you got to do. So as long as you understand that going in, you're cool. All right. So we talked a little bit about um, pre-production and what you can do as the the homeowner or the remodeler, <clears throat> how to pre-plan for stuff, how to be prepared for the inevitability of change, change orders, change in uh, methodology maybe, or change in scope. It's going to change a lot of things, but change in design, layout, etc. or there's a lot of different things that's going to come up and how you deal with those is going to really affect timeline and budget. But in this particular module, I'm talking about this pre-planning, this notion of know what's going to be the solution when you hit a problem. Like let's say uh, if they're out of stock on this item, what are we going to do? Okay, here's my B selection, C selection. So that they know when they go to that supplier, oh shoot, I'm, at, I'm out of toilet A, but we can take toilet B or C. Same price, slightly different style, doesn't change anything in the look of the bathroom, so why not? Right, have that flexibility built into your your selection of items and materials and and other finished goods that could be uh, a way to combat uh, what we call scope creep, where you're you're adding things unnecessarily to a project and then it, it kind of creeps up on you on the on the back ends. Like you didn't feel it at that time, but two or three or four or ten of those. Now you've added over a week to the, to the time and the budget of the project, which was another module we talked about. How do you, do, how do you stay on time and on budget? Well, it's all of those things, right? It's, it's having alternatives. It's documenting every change that's happening along the way so that you both know that, oops, I, I made you put that doorway over there now, and that, that added another half a day for a carpenter. All right, that half a day has to be added somewhere, right? So you've added a half of a day. As long as you're cool with that and when everybody here sign the change order or say it on the video or whatever, it's a way for you all, and when I say all, I mean you and the remodeler, to both stay on time and on budget, okay? So be prepared for those changes, those inevitabilities. Uh, that being said, unexpected issues, how do you deal with those? Uh, I think the big takeaway for that module was have uh, funds in reserve in anticipation of things are going to happen. Not when, it's, it is when. It's, everything's always going to have some issue that comes up unexpectedly. 
whatever it may be, it might be just a color choice of a paint or they're out of that dye or whatever, or that tile didn't come in, we got to switch tiles or the flooring that we wanted isn't available until next month. All of those things um, are unexpected issues. And, is, and what I've seen in my experience, and especially the larger scale stuff, is people would always add stuff to the scope. They would they would add a room or a bathroom or do this to this over here. And it's like, all right, there's another 5000 There's another ten. There's another 20000 But every one of those prices also have days attached to them. And I might have promised some other customer, hey, I'll be at your house in six months because this one's going to take, you know, with, and so now my whole counter is getting screwed up. So as long as you can both be on the same page about what that does to the schedule and, and how it, how that is met, uh, in a discussion, uh, should be, should be dealt with early on and how to set aside time for that and resolution for that. Um, one of the modules we talked about punch list items and the need to have a healthy and practical and fair punch list item, punch list, um, the walkthrough on the before the punch list is created, this this walk, what we call a job walk or you know the final walk, is to identify issues that you know are not up to par or doesn't meet a, a, the standard that you expected when you signed the document. Right? Some, I would say most, are legitimate. Some may not be, and it might be hinged upon something you said three months ago, or some communication you had with a subcontractor when no one else was standing around those little things could become troublesome so just be aware that as long as the punch list is um, fair and it is in the wheelhouse of the contractor to fix I have no issues with punch lists nor does a reputable remodeling contractor they they will take care of you they want you to be happy at the end of the day they want you to have a great experience and recommend them to everybody that you talk to. So it behooves them to make sure that you get through the punch list in a fair and equitable way. Okay. Um, that was kind of it. We kind of went through the beginning of a process to the tail end. And and hopefully when they drive away those last couple guys who just finished your punch list, you're standing there with a smile on your face. Because that the true sign of... Uh, it was a successful remodel, right? It's like, oh man, that wasn't bad. That that had some little bumps in the road for sure, uh, but to to deal with those guys and that crew and those subs and that architect or whatever your team was was a pleasurable experience. That's what we all want to have happen. Sometimes those teams get mismanaged or mis misengaged or they they align with the wrong people. But you're part of that process, right? You're that cog in the wheel, a big part of that wheel that you need to mesh with the people around you too, your team. So that's the goal of the whole series is to hopefully navigate, help you navigate through the the challenges of a remodel project and and to not be afraid of them. Keep going. I mean, I loved house flipping just because I got so addicted to the process the planning and the picking and the, the materials and the look and the, the trades, you know, whatever, you know, get them through quickly and flip it. And it's like, oh, shoot, they love that. And then do it again, boom. It's like you just get better and better at it. So that was enjoyable. So hopefully I've stirred a little bit of interest 
uh, and your projects and your, your goals and aspirations or just helped you with this little one that you're doing right now. That's fine too, right? Because all of these things, all of these suggestions, these pointers um, are meant for you to use no matter what size your project is. It could be painting a wall. It could be digging a hole. It doesn't matter, right? Um, so hopefully this helped. If, if it has... Uh, let me know. Send me a like or send me an email. Let me know your your feelings about the course. Uh, what other what other subjects you would like to hear about? Uh, and I'd be glad to get right on that and, and help you guys out because that's my aspiration is to motivate and inspire you guys uh, to to build better. I'm talking to both the builders and the homeowners because you both have a choice. Homeowners can select certain materials to build better or to design in their into their design things that are above code things that are better than is typically anticipated that's what i think when i think of better buildings uh being built by better builders is that they go above and beyond the code they don't even look at the code to them the code is like a stepping stone in a pond and they're out to head into the ocean they want to accomplish big things the people that I respect and admire are those that go after net zero or the passive house standard or some super indoor air quality standard that assures that occupant that no matter what happens on the outside of your box, you will be comfortable and well taken care of inside your box. And we spend a lot of time in our boxes, so that's, that's why I'm very passionate about it. So anyway, I'll get off my soapbox, let you get on with your day and enjoy it. So hopefully this is all helpful. Uh, let me know how it's going and take care, everybody. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care.